next one, why don't you talk a little bit about the film that you saw, and that is, uh, uh, you saw, what is it, Fathers and Sons, and I did not see that one. Um, it's actually of Fathers and Sons. Of Fathers and Sons. This, this as I understand, you said this one, the, the Sundance... Uh, won the prime the prime award at the Sundance Film Festival uh, this year. So tell us this story. This just sounds <clears throat> unbelievable. Well, I and and I I just want to say that I, if I was to um, compare this to movies that I've seen in the past maybe ten or fifteen years, this truly is one of the most disturbing films that I've seen. It's raw. Um, it is um, daily life in the home of a Al Qaeda terrorist. Um, the kind of daily living that sets the backdrop of what motivates a person to be radicalized and to be filled with hate uh, against uh, others. But most importantly, the focus of the film is not necessarily on the terrorism that itself and or the father who is the perpetrator of all this violence, but on the children, the boys that are being brought up and groomed um, in the way that a perpetrator grooms uh, a child for abuse in the future. They're literally being groomed for uh, violence. Uh, the focus, uh, the one child who is the focus of the, of the film uh, is a young boy. Uh, his name is Asama. And um, from an earlier age, he is somewhat of a frail uh, boys in comparison to the others that are his same age. And uh, the, the boys that uh, he fights with usually win and his father punishes him for losing, and um, so you can you can see that the the character of this young boy is not necessarily your typical high energy or or violent type of person, and um, yet as he's growing up, he continues to be groomed for this level of violence. There's a scene where. He brings in a bird that he's caught, and um, they talked tenderly about caring for it and how Allah is the maker of all things, all creatures like the bird, um, and the father suggests that he should let go outside and, and let the bird go. Uh, and Osama doesn't want to. He wants to hold on to the bird for a little while. Um, yet he ends up taking the bird outside and cutting its head off with a knife alongside his younger brother, who's five years old. And they both come in joyful <laughs> that they've just decapitated this bird. And they announce it as saying, we've cut his head off like those men did in the town square. Hmm. And they say... Allah is great. So he's training. He is, uh, he's got, what, eight sons? Yeah. And he's training all of them to be Al-Qaeda soldiers in northern Syria. 
Yeah, and so some of the ways that, you know, again, the whole idea is how does this reach out to us in our, in our um, human experience and touch us? There's a very tender scene um, in the living room. You know, it's not your typical Western living room. It's just a room with a bunch of pillows and blankets that everybody's laying around in. But there's a real tender scene with the father and his uh, three-year-old and, and the five-year-old and typical uh, living room scenario where the boys are playing with each other and the dad is playing with the little one and uh, he's saying, how much do you love me? And I love you this much. And, and um, the uncle comes in and he's talking with his brother and, and uh, he asks, are you going to are these boys going to grow up to be good good jihadists? Are they going to be good terrorists? And and he he says, "Well, I hope so. I'm going to I'm going to raise them as best I can and all are willing, we're going to they're going to be good." And the uncle says, "Well, let's let's get them started early. Let's come come here. Come here. Let me, I'll whip you with a electrical cord. Come here." And just as if you were playing with a child to say, come here, I'm going to give you ice cream. Uh, the uncle is, is, is talking the talk, getting these kids accustomed to that violent nature of everyday living. So it's basically, they're, they're, it's sort of like uh, young children. You know, I've seen this with uh, the, the years ago. It was, the, the, the title of the movie was General Butt Naked. I don't know. That was also a true yeah. false uh, film. Um, who was in? I think it was Liberia, and it is the training that the children. He he found that if he could find eleven or twelve year olds, and then he would expose them to. They would show them American movies again and again. You know, war movies or Rambo or whatever. And what they'd say is to the kids, "Well, see now, here is the same guy." They killed him in this one, but now he's back alive. So, you know, the idea of making him fearless, that, you know, that uh, kind of... And then uh, uh, the naked part of it, they were just going through and slaughtering people, and he'd send these children in uh, as a kind of shock technique to whoever they were slaughtering, mm -hmm. uh, that to send them in naked and... So it, it sounds like the same sort of brutalization, except in this instance, it's his own sons. It's his own sons. And uh, again, a, a pivotal point of the movie is um, the father is a expert sniper and um, one, of the, one of the leading um, um, bomb experts, explosive experts, who uh, dismantles mines. Uh, and um, he ends up losing his leg in in the film. Um, he, he really does lose lose his leg, uh, and um, it's it's one again. The reason why it's pivotal is because as he comes home and receives this very basic care in recovery, um, his son, uh, the one who's he's he's hoping will will go into. Uh, terrorist training here in the year um, sees this and is impacted by it. He he loves his father like any boy loves his father and is upset that his dad is hurt. Um, but now he has an, a, a real emotional tie 
to uh, caring for his father and getting revenge. And he goes on to begin his training. They, the film covers his initial training and um, getting them, you know, accustomed to running around in fatigues, being shot at, um, climbing buildings, just the basic kind of physical stuff that they're going to be exposed to. But the, the film really does conclude as, as he's heading off for full-time combat. And, um, of course, you find in the closing of the film that he does not make it. That he's killed. That he's killed. The son is killed. Yeah. I mean, this just sounds like pure evil. Uh, (laughs) I guess the the amazing part is this filmmaker was able to, uh, in, in some way, ingratiate himself or, or in some way that they thought he was making this for an Al-Qaeda. That's correct. Uh, that, uh, yeah, it just sounds like a, a, an amazing film. Uh, I, I, whether it's a film that one wants to see. I think that perhaps not everybody is going to be capable of seeing it, but I think everybody should see it. I think that to keep our heads in ignorance, and I don't mean that in negative ignorance, just that kind of innocence that these kinds of things are not a part of the reality of the world we live in is dangerous. We, we vote as citizens. We, we speak up in um, you know, our social environments, um, and we speak to things that you know, move us like like, um, you know, politics or violence or, you know, we've got the, all of the gun issues uh, of today and the school shootings and all of that. But again, it's not that we live in a perfect world or a perfect society, a perfect nation where um, there's there's not influences that are taking place because there's real evil out there and it seeps in. I wonder, you know, as we were uh, seeing a generation coming back from the various wars in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan with PTSD, and of course, what what is happening is you you somebody that experiences post traumatic stress disorder, you know that this is not abnormal. This is normal. That is that to experience exposure to levels of violence like this will impact you. But it seems like what may be taking place with a, you know, these children are enculturated very early, that they're literally shaped to uh, do things that are so highly unnatural. They're exposed to trauma at such an early age. Uh, and, and that's you know the problem with the child soldiers that it turns out that there's no one more brutal than a 11 year old or 12 year old because they don't they've not developed you know most of us have some conscience about but uh, uh, it, it is a, they make uh, prime killing machines yeah but but to be clear I, I think that you would have to say that. PTSD is is not a um, modern day um, experience, but we've had PTSD 
for as long as there's been violence, but specifically talking about our culture, uh, our nation, we've had PTSD all along in, in, the, in the scenarios that we've had wars and violence and, and people coming home. And we talk about this generation that's growing up or the Mr. Rogers children's generation who are being handed TV or handed guns through the TVs. You know, the question is, is how did those violent experiences, a soldier who had to go through World War II, uh, uh, Vietnam, Korea, how did they how did they come back home and influence the children that they brought up? And I think that that one of those ways is to assimilate those violent uh, natures or those violent expectations into an acceptable cultural uh, experience. Like having boys that should be running around shooting guns as cowboys against Indians. Uh, a people who <laughs> we almost wiped off the face of the earth. Um, you know, they, they, have, they have to have this high level energy of of entertainment uh, that is that slapstick pie in the face uh, kind of um, activity because that's that's what they are that's what they've been groomed for that's what they've been grown up that's what they they grew up with in the house as their fathers tried to resolve or tried to deal with that level of violence that they saw as young men. So maybe we've come full circle here that. Uh, that uh, this sort of uh, enculturation into levels of violence uh, is, you know, becomes normative or normal, and somebody like Fred Rogers is a bizarre person just because he's kind, loving. He was a pacifist, and of course, here at Forging Plowshares, that's the idea: is that this violence, this sort of the, the violence. Uh, is always destructive, and that there are, are clearly, and I think that's what you know, maybe the contrast that here is an alternative. Well, yeah, and one great example uh, of the social cultural expect uh, uh, exception of it, and even 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 idolizing it, is the story of the American sniper, uh, gentleman who, and, and and not to take away from. Um, the devotion or dedication that an individual makes for defense of the nation or the service that that uh, people um, um, live, you know, provide for um, their service in the in the military, but the culture, you know, creates an individual who has an innate ability to separate the act of killing. Mm-hmm. And the, the real good uh, talent of killing, like like this gentleman in, in the American true story, of the American sniper, um, and, and be able to separate that from from his daily existence. The reason he becomes such a great or the best American sniper in the military is because he is not affected by the number of people that he's killed. And yet, it's ironic that he comes back to the United States. It's in a civilian scenario, uh, in a civilian life, that his life is taken by another soldier who struggles with PTSD.